Good morning, team. Okay, let's pray. Father God, thank you for this opportunity to come together on this beautiful morning. Thank you for your spirit that is always with us, that you are inside of us, you are with us, for us, in us, all around us, God. We thank you. We thank you today and every day. As we go throughout our week, we know that we are blessed because you are in us and with us. We thank you, God, for every good thing, and we give you all the honor and glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so the name of my message today is All Things for All Time. So, obviously, that's Jesus. <laughs> he is all things for all time, and he has given us all things for all time. Um, let's put that guy there. So... He accomplished it all when he died and rose again. So I just want to point out a few things. Because a lot of us, I think that we get focused on the sin aspect. Like, Jesus took my sin. I'm going to heaven. I'm good. I'm cool. But there's so much more to that. I got it. Um, so even before he died... And this is really awesome. This is actually, Rev. I'm going to steal a few things from my hubby. <laughs> um, he got this revelation, and it's amazing. And I'm so blessed by it because this is one thing I think a lot of people don't realize. Um, even before he died, his crucifixion process began in the garden. And Karina, I think you were with us when he was telling you that about the mental health. So it's awesome, awesome. So he completely and fully bore all things for all time for us. When he said it is finished, he really meant it is finished. It's fulfilled. It's complete. So one pastor that I love listening to, Jesse Duplantis, <coughs> he always says physically, spiritually, and financially, Jesus has our back. But there's actually another aspect to it, and we're going to talk about it today, emotionally and mentally. So let's see. I'm going to start with the financial aspect. We know that God wants us to prosper and be blessed. Elijah, are you handling the scriptures today? Is Elijah doing it? To be blessed in order to be a blessing. And there's proof of this all over the word. Um, one of his names is Jehovah Jireh, which means the God that provides. From the very beginning, God's plan has been to bless us, even in the garden. What did he say right after he made man and woman? He said, be fruitful and multiply. That means it's always been his plan for us to increase and to rule over the entire earth. And we see that in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and then let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Hey, what happened? Oh, and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, yes, he said the earth and the, the animals and stuff, but he said 
over the entire earth. So that's pretty big. And to be blessed means to prosper and increase as a result of God's blessing on our life. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we all know that one. That's like one, my favorite. Um, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a hope and a future. And it also says um, in King James, which is the one that I wanted to use, um, to prosper you. Um, and the definition of prosper is to be successful, to succeed. And we see that in Genesis 39.3. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So God wants us to be successful. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be blessed. Um, the definition of prosperous is advancing in the pursuit of anything desirable, making again or increase, thriving. And we see that in Zechariah 8.12. For there shall be a sowing of peace. The vine shall give its fruit, and the ground shall give its produce at and the heavens shall give their due, and I will cause the remnant of his people to possess all these things. So he wants us to possess all the things that are good, right? Definition of prosperity is advance or gain of anything good or desirable, successful progress in any business or enterprise, attainment of objects desired. So in Psalm 115, 14 through 16, we see that in the word. And the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed in the Lord, by the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. Is that it for that one? Yeah. I think we're doing different versions that I had written down there. but And then in Psalm 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So that goes along with prosperity, right? So it's not just needs, it's desires also. Um, money is not bad or evil. It's not. Money is not. I know a lot of people say, Money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. And that's in 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through its craving, this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So if you're craving that, you're craving to be rich, you're craving all the material things, that's when you find yourself in trouble. When you find yourself holding on to something so tight that you don't want to let it go. But if you're willing to give it all away um, and not love it or not hold on to it, God is going to keep blessing you because that's what he desires to do. He wants to lavish upon you all the blessing and riches. But it's when that's what you care about. Like how it... Um, Jesus said it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven. So what he's saying is it's 
not because he's rich, it's because he wants to hold on to it. You know, it's not, has nothing to do with the riches itself. It's that he wasn't willing to lay down his riches and follow Jesus. So that's why it's hard. <coughs> Sorry. He provides us with everything to enjoy richly, not just to get by, <coughs> like die naked and hungry. <laughs> One of his names is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough, not El Chipo, the God that gives barely enough. <laughs> Second thing that Jesus fulfilled was mental health and emotional health, but actually that's the first process in the crucifixion. That was the first bloodshed. So when you look at his blood sacrifice, that's the first thing that he took care of. And that's what I was talking about. With, it was such an awesome thing to think about how in the garden where he actually literally sweat blood because he was so scared. He knew what was going to happen. And that's why he said, please, if there's any way this cup can be taken from me, please do it. But not my will be done, but your will, Lord. And so he was so anxious, so scared, just freaking out. And it said that he prayed more earnestly. So in Luke 22, 41 through 44, that's where we can find that story. He was stressing, like, you know, his, his disciples were chilling. They were sleeping. And he's like, you guys can't even stay awake and pray with me. He withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And there's, that's pretty powerful. That's like major stress. I don't know about you, but I've been in pretty stressful situations, but I've never literally sweat blood before. And there are actual, um, like, real cases of people doing this, um, like people that are about to be executed um, on death, ro death row, people like young men that are about to go off to war. They will actually be so anxious and scared at the thought. And what is that? That's mental anguish, emotional distress, right? You're so freaked out, and you sweat droplets of blood. That's, that's crazy. So that's one thing that he took for us. That was the first bloodshed that he shed for us. Um, and one of his other names is Jehovah Shalom, which is the Lord is peace. So when you think about peace, it's not, in this situation, it's not like peace, not war. It's peace, like the peace that surpasses all understanding. So Jehovah Shalom means that he is peace. So we can look at that in the mental and emotional aspect as well. When you feel peace, are you, are you stressed? Usually not. So we can hold on to that and know. So a lot of people are like, okay, he died for my sins. He, he shed blood for my sins. I'm covered there. But when you think about that time in the garden, that's the first thing that was abolished, your mental health and emotional health, because he went through everything. He didn't just take all of our sin, all of our sickness, all of that. He did, but that wasn't it. So it's even, I think that's amazing to 
to think about that because I think a lot of people leave that aspect out. Um, Second Timothy 1.7 in the Amplified Version. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, <coughs> excuse me, or cowardness of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and disciplined and self-control. So a spirit of that. And then the King James Version. I love that one. Um, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Same thing as well-balanced. So there's been many days <coughs> of homeschooling and stuff where that's, I just have to repeat that over and over again. <laughs> and my kids know, <laughs> okay, mom, so let's go take a little <laughs> breather. <laughs> if I start saying I have not been given a power of fear, but of love, and a sound mind, because I need a sound mind right now. Um, so that's amazing. He's given us a spirit of a well-balanced, sound mind. And another name of his is Jehovah Rapha. Oops. Oh, wait, did we skip? Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything. We all know this one. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So don't be anxious about anything like how Jesus was in the garden. He was very anxious. But with everything, with by prayer and supplication, make your and thanksgiving, let your requests known by God. Because he's already taken care of that. He's already taken care of that aspect. So we know that he will, it's already done. So, let's see. One of his names is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals physically and emotionally. So if you actually look up Jehovah Rapha, it's one of the names of God. And it says, the Lord who heals physical and emotional needs. It doesn't just stop with physical, because healing is everything. And it's important to speak things, these things out so we know, because words have power. You know, the word of God is living and active, so we want to speak those things out. And then um, the next thing is, of course, sickness and disease. He bore all of that on the cross, fulfilling what Isaiah the prophet said in Isaiah 53, 4 in the NSB. NASB. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. And Psalm 103, 2 through 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Not just some, not just little things, sniffles, all your disease, diseases. Terminal illness, everything like that. He's got all that covered. And 1 Peter 2, 
24. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So the wounds that he suffered on the cross, you have been healed. Like it's already a done deal. It's not continuing. Like well, it will continue. It won't stop. But it's already done. So you have been healed. And, of course, sin... He completely fulfilled not only the taking away of sin, but the wrath of God because of sin. Because the penalty for sin is death. Romans 6.23 says that. And he took care of that. He died for us. So that penalty is already paid. We don't need to worry about that. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. That's... That's awesome. He's got it. But Jesus defeated death for us and became sin as us. Um, Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with that, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Hallelujah. We're no longer slaves to sin because he did away with it. He did away with the wrath because all of our wrath was poured upon him. And that's why he said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? God had to look away from him during that second where all the world's sin was upon him because God can't look on sin. So everything that's all been done for, all things for all time, he took it all. Um, Galatians 6.14 But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So we're dead to the world and also the world's way of doing things. So we don't have to resort to the way the world does things. So this is nothing I'm going to steal from my husband from the podcast the other day. He said, like in third world countries, and I know that I think Pastor Mike used to say this too, when you go to a third world country and you preach to like a remote village somewhere, you see so many miracles and so many just amazing things. Um, and some of the pastors will ask like the chief of the village or whatever, like, you know, what's going on? Why? And it's, it's because they don't have a plan B. They don't have doctors that come to their villages most of the time. So it's either you trust God or you die. Trust God or die. In America, we have so many other things. We have hospitals. We have therapists. We have so many other options that people are like, okay, well, I'll just go to the doctor, see what happens, and then, and then maybe I'll give God a prayer or something and see if, you know, maybe he'll take care of it. So they don't have, you know, God should never be plan F. He should be A, and there should be nothing after him. And my husband also said, which I think is a quote from someone else that he stole, so I'm going to double steal, that <laughs> I'd rather die in faith than live in unbelief. So I think that's, that's where I'm at right now. Like, I'm at the point where I don't, I don't care anymore. It's either <clears throat> God A, plan A, it's God, 
and whatever happens, say law. But I know that God will never let me down. So that's where I can place my trust and my hope. Um, and it's amazing. It's a wonderful place of freedom to rest in that, to be like, you know what? It doesn't matter what things look like. It doesn't matter what things look like. It doesn't matter what my voice sounds like right now. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just going to rest in what your word says is true, that I'm healed, that I'm perfect, that I'm righteous, no matter what else. Your w word is what's happening in my life. That's it. That's it. So when we receive Jesus in closing, we get all his bennies. We get him and everything that he came to provide for us. Um, in Genesis 22, 8, and this is just like a little recap. Genesis 22, 8, Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. So that's one thing that he provided for us. He provided the lamb for the offering, right? He provided his son, Jesus Christ, to take everything, all things for all time. It's not just temporary. It's done. Like he said, it's finished. Um, and then he provides peace and healing. And that's Isaiah 53, 4 again. I think we already did that one, but Surely he has bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. So griefs and sorrows, again, you can take that as mental health. Sadness, depression, anxiety, um, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. So he took all of that stuff, but he was pierced for our transgressions, our sins. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. Again, the peace that surpasses all understanding. It's not the peace the world gives, the Bible says, because the world can't really give true peace. That's, that's a false peace that doesn't last. And with his wounds, we are healed. So that one is, <clears throat> we are healed. But then in another version, it says, you were healed. So it's for now. It's for before. It's for later. It's forever, all time. Um, he provides us in Luke 4, 18 through 19. He provided us with the spirit that has anointed us to proclaim the good news. So I know a lot of people, let's go with this actually. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Amen. So he, we're anointed. We're anointed because he died for us. So there's no special anointing. There's no anointing come upon me so I can do what you want me to do. He's given us the spirit. That's what it says. He's provided us with the spirit that has anointed us. That's what that scripture says. Right? So we are all anointed. We all have the same anointing that we can go out and do what we need to do. And it's full, just like Kalani was talking about during worship. Everything, like, it's, it's flowing over. I know I've heard some pastors say that we leak. I don't believe that anymore. And the song that says, fill me up, Lord. I used to sing that every day. <laughs> and then now I'm like, what? What? I'm already full. 
If Jesus is inside of you, you have the fullness of Christ. You can't leak out, even though it might feel like it. It might feel like, oh my gosh, I have nothing left. I have nothing left to give. Fill me up. Fill me up. You already have it. You just have to say, thank you, God, that I am full and that I'm going to work. I'm going to allow you to work your fullness through me so I can do what you want me to do. In the name of Jesus, I do not leak. There are no, I may be holy, but I am not holy. I do not have hold. Amen. <laughs> and he provides richness. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Or do you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich? Amen. So this is, I know this is a controversial subject, <laughs> but Jesus was rich. He was rich. He stepped out of heaven. He stepped out of heaven to become poor so we could be rich. And that's an amazing thing. That's a free gift. And it says he does that for us to enjoy. He does it for us to enjoy. He doesn't just meet our needs, right? If we delight in the Lord, he gives us the desires of our hearts, not the needs. So it's not just clothing, food, water, roof over your head. It's way more than that. He wants us to enjoy this life. Why? Why would he want to go through life? Why would he want us to go through life miserable, poor, broken, Begging, and it also says that he's never seen the righteous begging for bread or the children begging on the street corner of, of God, you know? Because he has given us more than enough. That's one of his names, the God of more than enough, not El Chipo. So that's something that we can hold on to. We know that even through these times where you see the shelves empty, people are going through financial stress, you can hold on to the fact that he became poor so we could be rich. And that's something that you can speak out to. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to be in financial distress. You just speak out because that is a promise that he made us, that we are rich. He's blessed our hands. Everything that we touch prospers. That's what the word of God says. So what are you going to believe today? The word of God, which is true, it does not return void. He is not a man that he should lie. He does not, he will not, he cannot lie to us. So if his word says that we're rich, we're healed, we're righteous, we're sound mind, well-balanced mind, so we have to believe that. Hold on to it. Speak it out. Live it. Walk it. Even if it doesn't feel like it. Even if it doesn't look like it to others. Just like Noah, if you know, people may laugh at you if you're preaching, especially if they can't see it in your life, especially if they can't see the proof or the fruit. Like if you're preaching financial, financial freedom or prosperity, and it obviously <laughs> does not look like you're prosperous or financially straight, they're going to be like, what are, you know, what, you know, that's crazy. They're going to laugh at you like they did Noah. It's never rained. What are you talking about? It's going to you know, flood the earth and we're all going to die. I'm not getting on that boat. You're a whack. And then look what happened. So no matter what people say about you or to you, if they laugh in your face or even good, well-meaning people, a lot of times, your friends, your loved ones, they can be like, well, 
I don't know about that. That sounds a little, you're taking a little too far, this Christian thing. <laughs> don't let that sway you. Because a lot of times that happens, right? Like we love this person and they're like, eh, that's not, I don't think that's going to work out. You need to be more practical with your life. Like let's find like, you know, a job that actually brings in a good salary, not just trusting God, you know, traveling around the country evangelizing. That's not going to, that's not going to take care of you or sustain you financially. And you're like, okay, you're right. <laughs> no, if you believe that God spoke to you to do something, to sell your house and, and buy a food truck, and <laughs> live, you know, you do it. You go after what God has told you to do. And one day you'll show them. <laughs> but it's not about saying, ha, see, but give all God the give God all the glory when it does happen, and even if it never does, which I'm not saying that will ever happen because I believe that it will manifest. But I'm just saying, if there was a situation like Noah, he waited 120 years. He didn't waver. Well, I don't know. What do you think? What do you guys think? You think he put down the hammer one day and was like, God, I don't know about this anymore. But I personally don't think he did. I don't think Abraham did either. His wife laughed, but that's a whole other story. But anyway, so to say in conclusion, Jesus is all things for all times, for all time, forever. So hold on to that promise, speak it out, continue to trust him. Amen? And if you guys want any prayer for anything, healing, anything, you want to accept Jesus, Come on up. There's people that will pray for you. I love you guys.